Warning, the following podcast contains strong language, irreverent humor, and graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. what's up oh nothing much you know just chilling on my snow days snow day living my best snow day life doing all the things that we do in the snow except inside (laughs) because we don't go outside in the snow (sighs) yeah like I know that the kids are outside playing next door and I'm excited for them to have that snow day fun. But for me, it's nice to be inside where it's nice and warm. Yeah. And that's pretty so, much it. Stay warm. Stay warm out there, guys. It's, there's the stay warm, San Diego winter storm. I don't know. I feel like it most of the country right now or not most of the country, but like parts of the country. Yeah. It's snowed in Texas. <clears throat> which is all that my friend put that on facebook and like um they look like they had like a decent amount too it wasn't just like it was like yeah no you know, a dusting a little bit of ice anyway this is booze and ghouls episode 54 i'm alana i'm leanne and um what are you drinking today leanne i'm drinking a delightful little um shit i don't even know what we want to call like, this, this um, like does a, it have a name a tea cocktail i don't know it's just that lavender something a I cocktail a cocktail <laughs> I hate myself <laughs> um with was really good though yeah mm-hmm. it's the blueberry lavender um, iced tea and it's very good yeah it's really good and then it's got oh, um you know you know it'd be good I just literally this just came to my mind but we should do this sometime is get bubble teas from mm-hmm. balance and then we can put um vodka in them I could make us some. I have bubble tea kits of like here too. I could make that's us. That's where you do. Tea. Is it the tapioca bubbles? They're the um. Why? What kind do you like? You like the ones that burst, right? Is that the ones that you yeah. like? Oh, well, we like those in there. Yeah, they're the they're the chewy ones. You don't like those ones. Yeah, I don't care for those. I mean, I don't hate them. They're just not my favorite. We've <laughs> <laughs> been making fun of Lee this week well her sister and i have because she says that about like everything she's like i don't hate it it's just not my favorite <laughs> and we were like well what, is your, like, well, what is your favorite thing and i said tacos <laughs> pizza pretty much those two things are the only in iced coffee like those are the things that i'll like never say that's not my favorite but pretty much anything else is just like i like it it's not that i hate it it's not that i never want to have it again it's just not my favorite <laughs> so ridiculous i'm i'm a i'm a different type of a person well I'm, we, I'm we've been different. new this is true anyway we took a week off um not for any particular reason there was just a lot going on and then there was snow day snafus and leanne's computer was at the school so we didn't get a chance to you know get our shit together and do a recording for last week but i'm very excited about february because it's black history month um mm. i've done somewhat planned ahead a little bit and picked out topics for each week for february so that 
um, you know, we can do some, you know, black stories that you might not hear as much about uh, in yeah, the definitely. true crime and paranormal world. I, um, yeah, I want to look, I mean, the story I have today is, was really popular, but I want to like find some stories for the rest of the month that were maybe didn't get as much publication as they should have. Yeah. And I mean, even though, like, even though I've heard of this one that you're going to do before, it's still not as like widely publicized as some like, you know, non-minority true crime. Yeah, I mean, like, like, you know, if you look at like, you look at how Gabby Petito was. That's exactly what I was just going to say. News when she went missing and then everybody tracked, you know, the whole quest to find her and then her mm-hmm. remains and then, oh, where's her boyfriend? And it was just this whole big thing in the news for a really long time. But that doesn't happen for, you know, a lot of um, black and other POC people when they go mm-hmm. missing, when they get murdered. And that happens on, like on a rate higher too. usually it's usually at a higher rate is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's the it's media doesn't insane. cover it. It, there isn't there's just not the media coverage um so we're hoping to shed a little light on that this month and you know kind of just really delve into some of these stories and hopefully give you know give these victims um some type of of uh you know of exposure and I mean because it's like you know I don't know how you feel but it's like it's hard sometimes when you're dealing with true crime it's like a little dicey because like you know you it's not like you're trying to like like exploit it by any means no if i go if i die under mysterious circumstances like i guys like i want people like trying to find out what really happened to me oh i'll be doing asking the tough questions on it yeah yeah like not just you know like kind of going along the the thing and also too it's probably important to know up top like people are shitty and you know it doesn't matter if you yourself are like the least racist person in the world. Racism is still a humongous problem in this country. And it's a systemic issue. That's the thing I think that people are trying to get the majority of white people to confront is the fact that even if you're not actively being racist, you just by existing and living with the privilege that you have, you are feeding into these you systems of racism that exist in mm-hmm. every facet of life that we deal with because it's built in to the foundation of our country basically you know like when the white mm-hmm. people came over here they took the land for the native americans and they brought all of these african people over on slave ships and you know forced them to work for them and under terrible conditions it's just like mm-hmm. you can't really just end slavery and get away from that like it's right still seeing the ramifications of you know all the injustices built into the system absolutely absolutely um and it's you know unfortunately there's a lot of people who just don't don't really seem to care um if it doesn't bother them it doesn't it doesn't matter I mean, you're you're a teacher. You see this in the battle over critical race theory that's going on right now in the public because the white people are scared. They're like, we don't want you teaching kids the truth, basically, because they don't don't want to seem like bad people. We don't want this, but whatever, because then you're going to have to be forced to confront the fact that there's still this stuff going on. You are contributing to it and you have to change your way of life and people don't want to do that. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's insane. It's um I saw a perfect thing um the other day. I had a picture of Ruby Bridges when she was like walking down the steps, you know, 
to school that first day, maybe leaving school that first day. Um, if you don't know who Ruby Bridges is, she was like one of the first girls to go. She, I believe she was the first girl to go to school, um, like in an interracial setting. And, um, at first they like pulled out, like all the other parents pulled out their kids. So she was just literally taught by her teacher for like months before parents started putting their kids back into school anyway and uh she'd have like an armed marshal walk her to school because people were just like lining the street shouting things i just can't even imagine anyway but um it said like if if this little girl was strong enough to deal with it your kid's strong enough to learn about it yes exactly (laughs) and it's like that's the thing my gosh like these things happen you know and, and kids need to know and it's like yeah i'm not gonna lie there's been times where as a white teacher teaching like all 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 students um, well, I don't, yeah, all students of color, like, I don't, I, I don't like, there's sometimes where I feel like I'm not good enough, you know, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, um, able to fully give, you know, like give the story like I need to, because I'm like, man, you know, I'm not even worthy to tell the story. Um, but it, yeah, it's stories that need to be told. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you don't do it, who will, you know, like we have to yeah. have people were willing to talk about hard stuff with kids especially it's so hard to find a good teacher these days anyway just the fact right. that you're there for them I feel like right. important yeah and it, you know it's important for kids to to know their history and to know the struggle it's important for white kids to see what happened it's important for black kids to see what happened you know it's just like man we can't keep whitewashing history no that's, that's not history <laughs> yeah it's what we've done this whole time it's like Sometimes you, you read something and you find something out and you're like, damn, the history I taught was like nothing like what right. happened. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you know, we gotta, we gotta stop doing that. We gotta teach kids about what really happened if they want to be different going forward, you know, like, yeah, we don't want to keep um, making the same mistakes over and over. Yeah. It's funny. I was talking to my mom. I mean, it's not funny. It's actually really sad, but I was talking to my mom last month and we were talking about having MLK day off and how I had like a little project thing for the kids, um, the day before, you know, on that Friday and then how I had stuff for them to do for extra credit. They didn't have Monday off. And she's like, yeah, you know, she's like, unfortunately she's like up here. They live up in Michigan. Um, like wait, like kind of like up, up in Michigan. She's mm-hmm. like, they don't, they don't have like the knowledge of who Martin Luther King was, you know, like who Dr. That's Martin crazy. King they don't even, was. they don't teach the kids about that. No, I mean, I'm sure they do. I'm not saying that they don't period, but like, they don't have it off. Yeah. That's, you know, and they don't like, and, um, so I was telling her, I was like, well, you need to take like my great nephews and great nieces that are school age. Um, there's four of them. I was like, you you need to like tell tell them like I'm gonna send you some stuff that they need to read about these kids in Black history, you know, because a lot of times if you're you know it's the you know it's it's your responsibility as a parent to like it, obviously it's it's part of the school and like the, the kids should be learning, but like shit, you should be teaching your kids this stuff at home too, you know. Yeah. Like I'm I'm going up there this month and I'm like already finding books that I'm gonna bring because I want like I want these kids to know I want my great nie- nieces and nephews to know like you know, this little girl was black and, you know, she wasn't allowed to go to school with white people. Like that's fucked up, you know? And the, and, you know, in this little, this, this woman, you know, she, she refused to give up her seat and they arrested her. Like they need to know this, that this shit yeah. happened. Yeah. You know? Wow. Thank you for letting me be on my soapbox today. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm going to let you go ahead and, and take it away 
even more because you're you're going first today yeah okay i'm back are you there oh yeah yeah i'm thinking about leaving your trumpet nose blowing in the (laughs) i I don't know i'm i'm a cartoon character when i blow my nose i i don't know (laughs) yes um um, i actually already know but what story do you have for me yeah so i'm gonna um, talk about the um i personally would say suspicious um death of kendrick johnson yeah i think it's definitely suspicious i've heard the word mysterious used i definitely don't think it's it cut and dry the way the police want you to think it is but yeah i'm yeah it, it really isn't it is. i um it's interesting so this takes place in valdosta georgia and or valdosta georgia no, i think it's and, valdosta yeah That's like, it's like the first big um city over the border from florida yeah it's real close because I always like Florida. I always remember seeing the signs for it when I'm like driving out of Florida. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know. I remember like growing up, Um, you know, we would go to Florida or we would, we lived in Florida. We would go up to Michigan every summer and then come back every Christmas. We would go up there and come back. So I remember, you know, like growing up when we would be like on our way back to Florida, mm-hmm. we would, you know, we would like see that sign and I would know like we were close to Florida. I mean, we still had a good couple hours in Florida, but I would know that we were like getting close. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so yeah, so, um, this takes place in Valdosta, Georgia and, um, the student, the kid that was, um, that was died because I can't, we don't know for sure what happened to him yet. Um, or if we ever will, uh, was Kendrick Johnson. He was 17 years old. Um, he went to Loudoun's high school, um, in Valdosta, Georgia. And, uh, he was actually, he seemed to be like a pretty well-liked mellow kid um from from all accounts he was uh really athletic loved sports he pretty much played i think all the sports that there was i know at least he played football and basketball for the high school um and he you know he was he was a good kid he was wanted to play college football that was like his dream was to like go into the nfl if you know anything about teenage boys that's like that's what it's all about (laughs) when you're younger you know i'm gonna grow up i want to be a professional athlete like um you know, he was super athletic and, um, his parents just said like, he was a good kid. Um, he, he, from all accounts seemed like just, he was a kid that people would want to be around. People want to hang out with, but he also was kind of quiet, I guess. He wasn't like super duper outgoing loud. I know a lot of times, um, you'll get, you'll have kids that are, uh, are athletes and sometimes that they tend to maybe be a little bit more outspoken, or I'm just thinking about like, Ethan, my nephew, and like his friends, you know, they were like, yeah, the, the athletes, but they were also like class clowns. Yeah, you know what I mean? Just like loud and stuff like that. But I don't think he was like that from the way that he was described. He was kind of maybe a little bit more quiet, um, stuff like that, but absolutely love sports. Uh, so unfortunately, um, January 11th, in 2013, uh, Kendrick uh, was found dead at, at the high school. So um, apparently, uh, the day on January 11th, um, so Kendrick has, they called him KJ, which is what I'm going to call him. Okay. The, um, so they called him KJ. I actually hadn't and, heard that before in my, I guess in the other things. I yeah. They, so they called him KJ and his dad's name is Kenneth and his mm-hmm. mom's name is Jacqueline or Jackie. So, um, on the 11th, uh, KJ didn't come home after school. Um, but there was like a sporting event at the school later on that day. So she didn't really think too much of it which I can completely relate to. I know there was times like, thank goodness for, you know, like cell phones and stuff like that. 
um, kind of being a little bit more popular um, toward this time or, you know, like even now, but I mean, I remember when um, my nephew was going to school, you know, like we live in a small town and Valdosta is like a, a larger town for sure. Um, but like around here, you know, uh, we live in a small town and it would have been nothing for my nephew to like, if there was going to be a game at the school, let's say at five, that he would have just stayed up at the school, you know, right. and like done something or like walked across the street to subway and gotten food and then walk back to the game. Like that wouldn't have been on her. Yeah. So at first she kind of really didn't think anything of it. Well, then come like 10 o'clock at night, um, she was found that um she was like man where is he where is he and then this is crazy because he apparently was like he was he was a really good kid and he he was not someone that they would have thought would have ever like snuck out or like gone you know gone crazy and like left or something like that right so um and I apologize because this was this this stuff that happened it was on January 10th I'm sorry so it was the day before so actually this is crazy so at 12 30 in the morning on January 11th uh, Jackie called the police and this is insane to me, but this, I know this shit happens all the time. She was like, I can't find my, like my son didn't come home. I don't know where he is. I'm, you know, kind of freaking out the, uh, dispatcher like totally blew her off. And are you ready for this? And this is a quote apparently from the dispatcher. She said, oh, he's probably off just off with some fast tailed girl. What? Okay. First off, um, when do we like, I'm pretty sure we stopped referring to girls as fast a long ass time ago. <laughs> Right. I've like never heard anyone say that in my life. You haven't? No, not like in person. Oh, like, oh yeah, no. Like, we not thought, like, like in a movie that wasn't from the 40s or something. She's well, real fast. Because, because I will say, like, you know who uses that term is my nephew. Like, he has said that before, like, <laughs> oh, that, that girl's fast. <laughs> and you're like, you, I'm like, you can't say that because, like, we, I really think a whole nother soapbox I could get on would be how we, how we, uh, treat girls. Oh, right. Like sexuality, like, but yeah, I was going to say slut shaming. Yeah. Right. But anyway, but that's beside the point. But anyway, I'm like, you're a fucking dispatcher. Your job is not whether or not to judge if he's out with some fast tailed girl, fast tailed girl. Wow. Yeah, Fast tailed okay. girl. Like who the fuck says that somebody in Georgia's who says that, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Jackie's, um, Jackie KJ's mom was like, no, that's not like, that's not him. So she kind of like didn't know what to do. So the next day she went to find out if he was at school. She went to talk to the counselor. Um, so she talked to the counselor. Apparently the counselor said that, yeah, he had missed like some of his last classes for the day, which was not like him. I mean, you know, athletes have to have a certain grade point average. And, you know, I mean, like he, he wasn't one to cut class, stuff like that. So then, of course, she really started freaking out. So um, anyway, later on in the day, this... Um, they have, okay. So like a lot of times, and I know, I don't, I don't know if you know this because like we went to a smaller school, but in a lot of times in like high schools, they all have like a regular gym and then like an auxiliary gym. And like the auxiliary gym is kind of like, it's a little bit smaller. doesn't have as much space for spectators and stuff. And it'll, um, that's kind of like maybe where the JV plays or the freshman team plays or where maybe like they have practiced. And then there's like an actual gym gym that's like bigger and has, you know, it's like where the actual, like the varsity team plays. Um, so that's, that's kind of how the school was set up. So in the auxiliary gym, uh, there was a gym class getting started and one of the girls saw like some shoes or like a pair of socks, something on top of the gym mats. So the gym mats, if you know any, do you know anything about these gym mats? Like what they look like? I mean, we had some, didn't we have some in our school? Um, I'm not sure if we, yeah, we might've, we might've, um, I'm going to share my screen just so I can show you familiar with what a gym mat looks like, but I'll show you, um, this is kind of what they look like. 
Um, they're like these big ass mats essentially okay. that they use for like tumbling. I think sometimes they use them for wrestling, although I don't know if the wrestling mats are a little different, but this is what they look like. Okay. They're uh-huh. these big yeah, ass mats, probably looks like what? That. I've seen I've seen mats that look like that before. Oh, yeah. So I, I think maybe probably like um maybe five inches thick. Would you I'd say full of foam, like a foam mat? Yeah, something um, like that. Then they what they do is because obviously they take up a shit ton of space when they're not using them, they roll them up and then set them upright in the corner. So anyway, so she saw um something on top of the mat. So she went on the bleachers, walked over and then grabbed the stuff off the or like went to like look at the stuff on the mat. Well, that's when she saw shoes and she saw that someone was in the mat. So of course she, her friends over there, they both scream, freak out, call the coach over the coach. Like he gets some kids to help him. He pulls over the mat um, or like pushes and pulls over the mat. And then they like try to pull the person out, but then they realize like the, the person was dead. And one of the students said there was blood and vomit everywhere. The kids said it smelled oh, like death. Gross. Yeah. And rigor mortis had set in and all that. So, um, so anyway, so, uh, Kendrick Johnson, KJ was the one that was in the mat. Um, his head was positioned toward the floor and he had like one hand kind of reaching down, like almost like he was reaching for something. Mm -hmm. Um, and they suspected that his body had been there for like almost 24 hours. Wow. Um, so this is interesting. Like I had heard this on one of the podcasts I listened to, and I, I guess this is weird to me because like we had lockers at our school. Um, yeah, apparently you had to pay for the lockers yeah so i i heard this in the story before when i was listening to it i was like what kind of uh, what kind of racket are you running where you're trying to charge students for a locker right like i could understand okay you got it like i know in in my nephew's school you had to bring your own lock and maybe if you didn't have a lock and you wanted to lock the school maybe sold them in the store or something like in the school store yeah or like why why would you not have a a locker? locker for every athlete that doesn't make sense to me unless you know this i guess maybe the school's underfunded or whatever but even I'm like sure it is. you you your school is oh, underfunded but you, right you buy your own supplies instead of putting that burden on the students well like, yeah that's the thing you don't i don't understand it's like you're not it's not like you put have i don't know it's insane but anyway um so yeah so apparently the the, the story was is that this a lot of the kids because the lockers were charged or, you know, they had to pay money for them. Um, the kids would hide their stuff places or put them on top of the mats. So they didn't have to go to change. Cause you know, like if they had gym class, you know, a lot of kids, they would go change then, you know, take a shower after gym class. Or if you're a teenage boy, you probably don't take a shower after gym class <laughs> and you, you know, put your clothes back on. And so kids would put stuff like in between the mats or around and hide them. So they didn't have to use the lockers. Yeah. Um, so anyway, once it's kind of started and this was a problem, which first off it sucks because it's like the minute they move that fucking mat, you know, the crime scene is already fucked. Right. Um, but you know, at the time you don't know, you think somebody's in there. Oh my God, we got to get them out, whatever. Um, so they watched, uh, so anyway, they started looking at the security footage and trying to find out what happened. So they did find footage on him, um, in the morning, going to his morning classes the day before, um, and then the security footage shows him uh, going in the auxiliary gym, kind of like jogging toward the door, um, which I do have a little footage I'll show you later. Um, it at about 1.09 p.m., not about, I guess that's the time, 1.09 p.m. Um, so anyway, but there's no footage of the mats themselves. They're kind of off into the corner and you can see a little bit of them, but it's like really blurry. Um, so I guess this is con- confirmed, been confirmed too, is that like not all of the videos at the school, well, this is first off, 
we're lying to ourselves if we're telling ourselves that all the video cameras even probably fucking worked at the school. Okay. Right. I work at a school. I know how things operate. You know, you have to put in, it's to know it's nobody's even really fault, but it's like, if something's not working right, you got to put in a request and then this person has got to come look at it. And if they don't know how to fix it, they got to put in a request to somebody else. Um, you know, so, um, these cameras though, even if they did work though, they were not all continuous video footage. Some of them were motion detected. So they would only, uh, they would only turn on when there was motion. So right away they call in the sheriff and his name is Chris Prine, which I thought at first it was Chris Pine. And I thought you would think that was hilarious, <laughs> but it's not, it's Chris Prine, P-R-I-N-E. Um, so right away they call him and um, I don't know was- if I've talked about this on the, um, podcast before but I used to have a little pine tree that I had named Chris Pine mm-hmm. and I think about that every time someone brings him up <laughs> I was like I missed that little pine tree that's so funny um so yeah so so he, the sheriff um Mr. Eric, sheriff Pine he I guess like kind of was looking oh well nope he he's he said oh yeah KJ probably climbed up the bleachers saw that his shoes fell on the mat, reached over to get him, suffocated to death, died. It was an accident. Um, so Mary, this lady, Marion Gaffney Kraft, she was a medical examiner. Mm-hmm. Um, so they call in the uh, Georgia Bureau of Investigation or the GBI. And this is when it all kind of gets fucked, man. These, these, okay. Like they, they kind of fuck this to high heaven. Um, so they call in the GBI and she does, uh, the autopsy or she's going to do the autopsy and I'll get into that in a minute. But before that, so let's just say, so KJ was five ten. Okay. So he was like probably a, a, what I would say would be like a normal sized kid at that age, like maybe five ten, even a little tall for that age. Um, yeah, maybe he was 17. Maybe. I mean, they, yeah, right around. I mean, there, I guess know, it just depends. 10. Like, I feel like I forget what the average height of like an adult male. Well, and that's what's weird is it's like, it's ridiculous because you know, you got kids that are five, five and you've got kids that are six, three and they're in the seventh right. grade, you know, exactly. like, yeah. like I have a kid, I have a kid right now. He's in seventh grade and he's every bit of six, three. Yeah. So, you I mean, know, yeah, so you can like, have it. Yeah. You can have it either way. Yeah, so then I have an eighth grader like who's like five. He, I think I might be taller than he is, you know. So it's like, right, right. right. There's really no, but anyway, he was. Well, how 10. tall were how tall were the mats? The mats on the, the standing up were six up. two. Okay. Okay, and so then this is what interesting to me. So the the mats rolled up. Apparently, when they're rolled up, the diameter in the middle is fourteen and a, a fourth inch, fourteen and a quarter inch, which is not diameter, not very, not big, no. And apparently, KJ's shoulder width was nineteen inches. Right. So how would he have it? I feel like it would be hard to try to shimmy down into there to get something out. Yeah. And and I feel like most, I would say most everybody not, I mean, kids, we know this and I laugh about it because like, I'm like, kids are stupid. Kids aren't stupid, but kids are kids and they do do some stupid shit. But like, you'd think you would know like, oh, I can't reach the bottom of it. I'd have a better chance of like trying to pull it down. Pull it down. Yeah. You would you know think what I mean? you would pull it down to get something out than just, because it yeah. would be hard to crawl. If you if it's taller than you, it's already hard enough getting up on top of it to crawl yeah. into it, you know? Right. Well, he crawled. So apparently they're saying they think he uh, climbed on the bleachers okay. and then walked over to the corner, which makes sense. Okay. Yeah, sure. That's how the girl found him in the first place. But if something is 14 and a quarter inch in diameter, how are you going to jam something that's trying to jam your body in there to get that's the thing. You're not, even if you, even if you kind of scrunched up your shoulder, how would you have even seen to the bottom to know that the shoes were in there, you know, like, right. That's a, that's a really good point. 
That's a really good point. Um, I didn't even consider that. That's a good point. How did he earn less in less? Well, okay. And then I'll get to this in a second, but I mean, I guess I can say it now, but the way that they found his body, like he, his shoes were off and they were like kind of wedged in like by where his knees were. So somebody oh. was saying, oh, he, he, um, he like was about to change his shoes and then dropped his shoes in there. And so he had to like get his shoes. It just doesn't add up to me. Yeah, no, all of this seems really weird and just really sketchy. Yeah, I guess I feel like to me, looking at that mat, you know, in like knowing the size of it and then the size of the of of KJ, to me, it seems like I would think more like, oh, that definitely was foul play. And then they would have to try to convince me it was an accident as opposed to the other way right. around. Yes. That makes sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, My thing is... Two, it's like I get being a kid, you're not necessarily going to look at that and say, Oh, that's too small for me to fit through. You might look at it as a challenge and be like, I bet I could. Right. Because right. I could tell you at my 16th birthday party, I had a couple boys there and we had it at a bowling alley and they were like trying to fit into the spaces where people like put the balls, the bowling balls. <laughs> and they were like, I bet I can fit in there and like almost getting stuck in there. So I'm not saying that it's with that. Without right, exactly. the realm of possibility, because teenage boys do stupid shit like that. Yes, they do. But it, it, especially if there's no one around to see you, why would you That's go into thing. a situation yes. where you could, you know, yes. get stuck, basically? And I don't even know, truthfully. And now, okay, they did. And I'll, I'll bring this up. This I had this in my notes later. But apparently a group did do a study where they put somebody in a mat to see if you could hear like somebody screaming for help, because that's the thing. If they're, if we're to believe that around that time is when he was, he fell into the mat trying to get stuff. There were kids in the mat. Like there were kids in that auxiliary gym and gym class, right? No one heard any screaming or anything like that. Now I will say they did show the, the mat and the guy was screaming and you could barely hear anything. And I I mean, you know, is because you hate the sound of gym shoes on a gym floor. Like you get into a gym and if there's one basketball bouncing, you're not going to hear anything. Yeah. It's loud inside a gym. So I, I would totally understand that part. Like, you know, yeah. If you were stuck in the mat, you could scream until you were, de- you know, I mean, I hate to say that, but you know, you, you could scream until you passed out essentially yeah. and nobody could ever hear you, but it's like, how did you get in there? Because if you're, if the opening is 14 inches in your night, that's five inches. That's almost a half a fucking foot. Yeah. Like, how are you going to scrunch all in there? And then, yeah, how are you going to, how are you going to like get your shoulders in? And the thing is, this: even if you got in, let's say you bent over in there and you got like your shoulders in enough to where you were like trying to reach something. The minute your shoulders started to feel tight, you would freak the fuck out and pull yourself back out. You wouldn't scream yourself in more. Yeah. You wouldn't like keep, I don't know. I, I don't understand the logic of someone who would keep going into a tight, dark space to get something like you, there are other ways to go around it. Right. Especially when, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, okay. Yeah. Those things are heavy because they are, they're, they're, I think like 700 pounds or something when they're all rolled up like that, but you, you would have a better chance of like trying to pull it down or better yet, go grab somebody else and be like, Hey, help me. I dropped my shoes in here. Yeah. Get someone to help you do it. I guess I don't, I just don't see you reaching your hand in there, feeling it tight and then going up, I'm going in further. Like that to me, that just doesn't add up. This is like, not really, but it kind of almost reminds me a little bit of, um, Alyssa lamb and the fact that yes. like, how would you get yourself into the water tower mm-hmm. and all this stuff? It's like, yes. why would you, these aren't choices that it seems like any rational human would make right. in, based with the same situation. 
Yeah. I'm not saying it could, it's out of the realm of possibility that it could happen like that, but it just feels off, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Completely agreed. Um, so anyway, so then this is kind of shady as hell too, is that apparently they, um, the county coroner, Bill Watson, uh, they didn't even call him up to the school for six hours. He even said that he was, he had heard rumors that there was somebody dead at the school and he didn't get a call for six hours. Why? Their excuse was they didn't want to tip off the media. Okay. That's a stupid, that's stupid, right? Um, so they didn't want to tip off the media, which what the fuck, who cares? Because somebody's dead and this is precious moments, you know? Right. It just, too, it's like it's some, it's <laughs> things like that. That makes you think if this had happened to a white kid, God almighty, they would have had the fuck called them right away. President Biden down there trying to figure it out, you know? Yeah. Um, in, so they, so finally they do, they get, they get the body, you know, and they get this Marianne Gaffney craft who was with the GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigation. And she is going to do his autopsy. Well, she says his manner of death is positional asphyxia, 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 asphyxia. Yeah. I think asphyxia. Um, and, uh, and apparently that it's like when someone is upside down for an extended period of time and actually believe it or not, which I mean, believe it because most of the time, if someone is upside down, they, and you start to get like dizzy and stuff like that, you would get right side up. Yeah. But apparently this is super rare. And, um, there's only like less than 50 cases of this ever happening since I think it's like 1994 when it was introduced as a manner of death. Um, so of course, like, I mean, I think most of the population, I would assume, uh, parents were not satisfied with this conclusion. Um, so some people said that they saw on the side of his face that there were bruises on the side of his face. Um, and so, and then some people were like, how could he have even gotten into the mat? It was rolled up and the diameter of it was smaller than his, his shoulder width. Like that's stupid. So, um, also there was a, ma- a matter of a couple things that were around the scene. So I guess there was a gray hoodie and a black shoe that were like kind of around where the mats were and they were never taken into, um, evidence. Um, apparently the blood and the, the shoe even had some red spots on it. Like it was possibly dried blood and nothing was ever done with it. Wasn't collected or anything. They didn't test. They didn't test it or anything. Didn't even take it in for evidence. Because why would we want to solve the crime? Well, I'll get to that later, but well, because there it's so much easier to just be like, oh, this death was accidental. Now we don't have to do any real investigating. Right. And, um, also I guess like, this is reported that like about 50, maybe like less than 50 feet away from the mats, there was like some blood on the wall and this girl, I guess she was in the color guard. She said she had like hit her nose or something the day before. And then, so they did, they did test the blood and it wasn't KJ's. But they didn't do any, didn't go any farther. So they didn't test it. They didn't test it against the girl who said she had. No, no, they didn't test it against the girl. They just tested that it was KJ's and and it wasn't. So they just moved on. Because if they did, if they test, if they had tested it against the girl and it didn't match her, then you have a possible blood sample from a suspect. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that like, why then then, like, what's going on? Because what if he got in a fight with somebody, you know, like ahead of time? And yes. they, you know, they stuffed him in there or something. Absolutely. Like, I don't understand Absolutely. why you, this is, this is what's so maddening to me about true crime and why I try not to do too much of it because it's so <laughs> frustrating to see um, these people that we pay to do a job, not doing their fucking job. 
Well, that's what it all boils down to, isn't it? You know, it's like the, you know, the stuff is there. I mean, shit at this point, you, you don't know for a fact that you don't know for a fact, anything, you don't know that this kid was murdered. You don't know that this was an right. accident. It's, it's you have like, to take everything that you see as fucking evidence. Yes. You're supposed like, to investigate. Not like ignore every, shit because, oh, well, every avenue of what might've happened before making a conclusion, not make your conclusion and then just investigate the stuff to validate that conclusion precisely so it's pretty fucked in my opinion so anyway so um in the, the one podcast i was listening to he was the guy was like why was there blood on the wall like because then someone else was like oh no that's from a week ago okay first off why the fuck is there blood on the wall from a week ago right why have you not cleaned it off why didn't <laughs> that's, that's, why didn't that's someone alarming. come in when the girl in the color guard had a bloody nose and be like these damn kids i gotta clean this wall again exactly <laughs> like contamination um, so anyway, so I guess, so they, so when the, when the medical examiner first took the body to the corner, um, before they even did the autopsy, um, KJ's dad, Kenneth really wanted to see the body. Uh, I guess they weren't going to let him at first, but he put up a big enough fight and stuff that they did actually let him see the body before they did the autopsy. Okay. So Kenneth, uh, said that the room was okay, which this is just weird to me as a detail that I think is odd, but I don't know that it has anything to do with any like cover up or anything. It's just odd to me. He said that the room was warm because, which is weird. Cause I thought they kept the rooms cold. Yeah. Usually, but whatever, I'm not a coroner, you know, but also he said that KJ's face was discolored. His lips were really swollen and that he had scratches on his arms and hands. Also, he noted that his KJ's nails had been clipped and he said like, he noticed that because KJ's nails were like kind of always a little bit longer and he noticed that they were, had been clipped already. Mm. So like that right there to me, that to me right there tells me, okay, there's something wrong. The only reason you clip somebody's nails is because you know, there's DNA under those nails. Well, like you would clip the nails if you were getting them ready to be buried. Well, right, right, of course, but you but, haven't done an autopsy yet. Yeah, but you haven't even done the autopsy yet. There's trace evidence all over that body. Absolutely. And um, so apparently, um, so apparently the autopsy, like after the autopsy, um, they could see their son again. They, KJ's face was just horribly disfigured, sunk in. It almost seemed like it had been like there had been some kind of a trauma to the head. And now it's hard because like, let's say, and I don't think, I think that there was foul play here, but let's just say for a second that there wasn't, it was a complete accident. His face would have been messed up. You know what I mean? Like just like maybe not sunken in or anything, but as far as like coloring and maybe swollenness, just because of all the blood rushing to your head. So that, okay. Yeah. I can kind of, you can kind of explain away, but I don't think that if you were stuck in there and you died of asphyxiation, that your head would be sunken in and that you would have scratches on your arms. Yeah. The scratches on the arms and hands is weird to me. And I don't even know that you have tons of blood of bruising. I mean, you might have blood pooling places, but I don't know that you have bruises, but I, once again, I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how to me, the scratches insinuate some kind of struggle. Right. Exactly. Um, so actually, it actually ended up that the parents were, were super upset after they saw how horrible he looked after the autopsy. And they, um, they said this, there was no way that this was an accident. They actually put, and this is kind of interesting because most people don't do this, but they actually put pictures of him post autopsy in the, um, like they put pictures of him out, like, oh, this was before. And this was after I, this was not an accident. Right. Yeah. I heard about this too, because on one of the things I listened to, it said that he looked even worse after the autopsy because they had like taken 
they had cut open the head or something and oh maybe they did yeah well yeah, they, they did yeah to, to investigate stuff about you know like his brain or something and so then yep. you had to put it back so of course he's gonna look worse after wait, that happens wait till you hear this shit so yeah and that's the thing it's like you know I, you know i don't know how bodies look like you know i've only the only every time i've ever been to um a funeral and seen a body would have been somebody who died that they knew it was of natural causes you know? right never been to a funeral of someone who's been murdered that they needed an autopsy or anything like that but so anyway so they bury him you know and they they have their funeral and everything so in april 2013 uh family friends and i guess like uh the naacp had quite a few people there they all gathered and they formed a line at the loudon's county courthouse and they um they were like demanding that they let um a second the family get uh have hire someone to do a second autopsy Oh yeah. So I guess Jackie and Kenneth actually ended up and some other people ended up getting arrested because that's illegal to, you know, like obscure this, you know, place into a building or whatever. Oh, so yeah, yeah. but apparently it got enough attention because they allowed they allowed them to exhume KJ's body and get a second autopsy. So this autopsy was paid for uh, from like the family attorneys helped. Uh, they raised a whole bunch of money from a fundraiser. So they hired Dr. William Anderson to perform the autopsy. So this is kind of what's crazy to me. Um, and like, I guess they do this, but I think they, okay. So when you said about the taking the brain out and all that, well, when the Dr. William Anderson got the autopsy, um, the body to do, perform the autopsy, he opened up the body and all of the organs were removed. Oh, like they had been. No one knew where they were. Oh. Yeah. And this is the part that's. Well, okay. So here's what I also don't know about preparing a body for burial. Do don't do they typically do that anyway? Do they take everything out, like drain yes. the blood, take the organs out, and then they stuff it with stuff, right? Yes. So apparently, what they do is is they do apparently they have like a thing that they do put the organs back into the body, but it's like after it's been stuffed with this cotton thing or whatever. Right. So it doesn't like uh, make them decompose faster right. or whatever. Right. Or smell. And also, but KJ's body had been stuffed with newspapers. So that's apparently not, that's what they used not to a normal do back in the day, practice, right? Which is fucked up. I mean, it's so. I mean, it's like back in the day they used to do this. So it's like it's not like it's disrespectful, but it is disrespectful because that's not like how people do it, it now. It's disrespectful if it's not standard practice. That's the thing. That's not. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's not. Yeah. That's not standard practice. Back in the day, I think back in like in the 60s, 70s, yeah, it was. That's what they did. They stuffed you with literally stuffed you with like because you're literally showing that you don't care as much about that body as you would oh, another body that you were working on exactly so they um start you know so yeah so they found that well then they were like he you know dr anderson was like well where the heck are all these organs so i guess then they tried to follow like kind of follow the the chain here and try to find out what happened to these organs so the lady who did the first autopsy she said that the organs were intact when she transported the body to the funeral home uh, the county coroner said that the funeral home agreed that all the organs were there when it got to the funeral home. However, the funeral home director d- disputes that. He said, no, the organs were not in KJ's body and that he had even written a letter to the Johnsons explaining that like he didn't have access to the organs. So he didn't, they weren't able to put them like back in the body like they normally would. That's, that's fishy as fuck. Well, well yeah, of course, because, and then, so then I guess like the GBI, um, a guy from the GBI claimed like the organs were disposed of because they were uh, like due to co- decomposition. No. And then he no. said, and what difference does it make? 
No. Well, because actually, it makes a lot of it makes a lot now. it makes a lot of difference because if there were internal injuries that he sustained in some kind of altercation or whatever, that would be present on the organs. Correct. So apparently even they were talking about like the size of the lungs, you know, like a normal human size lung is a certain size, but if you died from this positional asphyxiation, like you, your lung would be way bigger than normal. Like all this shit is stuff that they could have looked at to find out how that person died. It reads as you're purposely destroying evidence now to cover up the fact Mm -hmm. that there was foul play and that you don't want to investigate it. Exactly. So, um, this is where it gets interesting. So then of course they're like still trying to find out like what the heck happened to these organs. So I guess they, um, there's this guy and his name is Steve Owen and he actually, he's, um, a retired, uh, Valdosta police officer and he owns Owens transports, which is literally like a dead body transport service. Mm -hmm. Um, so he apparently transported the body from the high school to the morgue. Um, and then a couple days later, the on january 14th the body was transported from the um from the morgue to the uh macon georgia which is about like two hours away from there for the autopsy then from macon he transported the body to harrison funeral home so apparently when he signed over the body to the harrison funeral home he's he wrote down on the property log that he was uh, return you know he was giving the body with a t-shirt pair of shorts boxers pair of shoes, pair of socks, but the funeral home said they never got any of that. And then all that they received was, um, KJ's body and a pair of broken headphones. What? Right. Well, of course the parents are like that suspect. Um, you know, what, what did, what did those clothes contain evidence wise or DNA wise? Right. Cause remind you, they never found the nail clippings either. Okay. Like the nail clippings were never kept. Well, where they, they, somebody obviously kept them, kept them and disposed of them, I would assume. Right. I'm just the nails were never found. And then all those clothes that were on KJ's body, which could have obviously had DNA on them, were all, um, were all not, never found either. That's just, I just, the incompetence. Well, it's either, it's like at this point, it's so, it's so, it's so much incompetence that you feel like it has to be done on purpose right exactly that's how i feel too um so anyway um the autopsy i mean the doctor did the autopsy without obviously the organs he said he found bruising on kj's neck and bruising consistent with blunt force trauma he concluded that this was not an accident so apparently too though like i guess it is it's fair to mention for sure that um the like i guess dr anderson the guy that they paid to do the autopsy his like his credibility has been called into question a lot mm-hmm. apparently he was fired from florida like the med- medical board or whatever from florida because of some unethical behavior and stuff like that and also so after he had done that um that autopsy the johnsons were like hoping that they would get the case uh ch- the cause of death changed because then they could open up the case because the case was closed you know all oh, this is an accident forget about it so they were hoping that with this um new autopsy and then the manner of death would get changed and then they would open it well bill watson who was a guy from the uh georgia bureau of investigations read over anderson's pay uh report i think it was like six pages the autopsy report he said like it was vague and he brought up all these issues with it and eventually it was dismissed. So the Johnsons kept pushing though, and they had a public hearing, um, in order to get like the cause of death changed. So they actually employed a Florida attorney, Ben Crump. Have you ever heard of him? 
No. So it's interesting. I follow him on, on Twitter and I had no idea that he was part of this. Um, he, that he was part of this case. I follow him because he actually worked with Trayvon Martin's family. Oh yeah. So when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, I follow him on Twitter. Like I, yeah, I didn't realize that it was the same guy. Um, so anyway, so thanks, uh, thanks to him and the publicity and stuff on October 31st, 2013, um, the U S attorney, Michael J Moore did, uh, op- say that they would, uh, open a formal review into KJ's death. So then this is when it really kind of picks up because that next month in November, the courts ordered that all of the footage from the school, all of the camera footage was, would to be, be released to the public. Okay. And so there was like hundreds of hours of footage from like 30 something different cameras. Um, And there's a lot of controversy too, with these tapes, because part of the issue that makes it so difficult is that there's not um, the, the timestamps, I guess are messed up because of like some of them being motion activated and some of them not that there, there's like a lot of, um, kind of messy type of stuff with the cameras, but also I would say most people, when they look at the cameras and everything, and they look at all of the tapes, cause you got to remember now, like I would say, if I was like a police officer and I go in, I'm like, Oh, you guys have cameras, like pull the, the tapes. That's what we say all the time. If a kid gets in a fight at school, pull the tapes, pull right. the tapes. So you can't tell me that a kid is fucking dead in a thing. And the very first thing you don't do as a police officer is go get every single pull the tapes. But that's not what happened. What happened is, I guess, is that they had the school forward all the footage to the um, to the detectives. So all it would have taken is one person to not not want some of that footage. Right. You know, so I'm going to show you this. um, uh, thing and it kind of like this guy kind of explains about um the foot like about the stuff and all that and um then i'm going then you can uh, kind of see a little bit of the footage but also kind of um hear like what what he said okay are you listening can you see this i can see it okay i'm gonna those files are not original files. They're not something that an investigator should rely on for the truth of the video. Well, the timestamp is uh, in another stream of video, so you have to be able to access it using special codex. You have to really know where to find it, but it's it's there. Once the timestamp is located, you can begin to make sense of it and begin to track people. So there's like a shit ton of things that go into checking out these cameras. And if, did you see Kendrick? He has the white t-shirt on. I mean, it was, it was small Super and blurry. Yes. Yeah. I not very well. And also I could barely hear the audio on that, but I mean, I'll try uh, to make it louder and see if we can get oh, it. Okay. Well, if not, you know, really all he's talking about is how it's really, really hard with the audio because they didn't have the original audio. They didn't just go into the principal's office and go, okay, give us the hard drive. We're taking this for evidence. No, they were like, all right, well, shoot us an email with all the, the stuff on it. Right. So, you know, there's a loss of quality. So fucking stupid. Yeah. Me, that's laughable. Right. That's fucking laughable. Because then it's like, if you're using Gmail or something, it's going to ask you if you want to like, how big the files you want to send right. are it's going to compress them it's going to do all this shit right they should have gone in there taken the entire fucking yeah, hard drive take it. and then they would have had a full picture of what happened so in 2014 johnson's family did file a wrongful death lawsuit against the county board of education the superintendent the principal 
of the suit uh, um, alleged that the Johnson, that uh, Kendrick was violently assaulted, severely injured and suffered great physical pain, mental anguish, and um, was subjected to insult and loss of life uh, on that day on January 10th, um, the year prior. And um, so, and also I'd like to note, so the parents definitely believe that he was killed and they believe they know who did it. And I'll talk about that in a second, but a lot of what they think happened is based on like, kind of a lot of people would have had to kind of been like in it, uh, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like kind of like helping, but I don't think that's as crazy as it seems, but that's just me. And I don't trust people, but anyway, I want to note that the superintendent's daughter is the one who actually found KJ in the mat. Oh, do with that, what you will not saying it. I mean, accidents happen every day. You know, I'm not saying she had anything to do with it. I have no idea. I'm just saying like, that's interesting to me. A lot of people. And I think uh, KJ's family thinks that that was all staged. Interesting. So the kid that they blamed on it. And like I said, this is all speculation, you know, um, they blamed this kid named Brian Bell. Um, supposedly like him and KJ were friends, decent friends. I mean, they were both athletes, they both played football together. Um, but then about a little bit over a, a year prior, apparently they had gotten like into this big fight, um, because I guess KJ had, uh, slept with Bell's girlfriend. Um, and then, uh, like the friends were all like, oh, they were so cool. They were fine. Um, you know, they fought and got over it, which I will say is absolutely how boys are. Yeah, we'll get mad about something, fight about it, and then they're fine afterwards. However, the Johnsons say, no, that's not how it was. They got in a huge fight. They were friends. And then after that, it was nonstop, like fighting, bullying, all that kind of stuff. Um, so Brian, his, uh, he had an older brother that went to the school, Brandon, and then actually their dad was a, uh, an FBI agent. Oh, that's convenient to do with that, what you will. Uh, so the Johnsons think Brian, uh, Brandon had helped him. They killed, uh, KJ and then their dad helped them cover it up. Well, so basically it's the motive would stem from this, this uh, fight. this yep. fight that they were having about the girlfriend. Yep. Absolutely. Which, like how long had that been going on at that point? I guess like about a year. Okay. So, um, so, okay. They're of course, you know, like looking into alibis and stuff and Brian did have an alibi. Uh, he bear, like he was in class when, uh, like teachers confirmed like for the class rosters and stuff that he was in class when KJ was seen on the video. Um, in, but the thing is this, like if the cameras are messed up and the timestamps are off, the whole, the whole thing could be off. We don't even, you know, it could even be that he didn't even get to like, he wasn't even in the gym at one Oh nine. You know what I mean? Like it could have been a completely different time. So, um, the, the, in the 2014 parents showed more footage, like I guess KJ's parents had found more footage, which tells you right there that something was fucked with the footage, or maybe they had just kind of looked at it more closely. Cause I don't think the police were doing anything that they were supposed to be doing at this point. Um, they were looking and they said that uh, they think the student, um, that was Brian, they show him going into the gym after KJ had gone in the gym. Um, there was another person involved, I guess, that they had said, like they thought had helped, uh, beat up or and kill KJ, but this name was redacted somehow. And I'm not sure why, Okay, but, um, apparently, um, the bell's house was raided. They seized all the electronics, but nothing was found. So it kind of ended up being that like, they, they never really had proof, but, um, 
I guess it kind of it was crazy because um this well, one it also girl, just seems like if the if the dad is still an active FBI agent was he retired or he I I don't know for exactly sure I think he's he's like now retired or like I mean I guess retired. it doesn't even really matter at that point because you still could have connections and you could still use those connections to do stuff you know like right so um the this um so this person had put on, this was um, something that somebody had put on, um, I don't know that it was Facebook, it says it was an email, but I don't know. But anyway, this person wrote, my best friend was at a party Saturday night with Redacted. And then in parentheses, it says a low, uh, Loudon's high, uh, high junior who dates so-and-so Redacted. And that person was upset about something that so-and-so had told her. And my best friend started talking. And by the end of the night, and I'm assuming this is the Brian Bell had told my friend everything that the whole nation had been wondering about for the past year. She told, um, he, he told my friend what really happened to Kendrick Johnson. Um, so redacted said that a little over a year ago that she had had sex. Okay. So actually, and I apologize. So apparently this is the girl saying that she knew what happened. She had had sex with Kendrick Johnson while she was dating Brian. I mean, these are redacted, but you're, you know, filling in the blanks here. Right. Um, Brian found out, threatened KJ. KJ told Brian to meet him in the old gym after the third period or third block, whatever, you know, some they're on block schedules. He would have his knife ready. Um, blank and blank redacted who now just, you know, going out on a limb that they probably are thinking is Brandon and his or Brian and his brother met KJ and killed him. Blank also um, had been heard admitting to killing KJ more than once over the phone. His brother also got drunk at a party on the 4th of July and told many people that they had killed KJ and that he was tired of keeping it a secret. So I don't know, do without what you will. Kids make up shit all the time, you know, like- Kids do make up shit, but also at the same time, I can kind of feel like, I feel like this is kind of like, it's almost like a a dual type situation. Like you and me outside or, you know, here, we're going to do this. And like, you're going to go because you want to defend your honor or whatever, but then- it goes south really quickly and you know he might have even like i mean i think it's pretty it pretty much shows that he was still alive when he was stuffed into that mat well that and that's what yeah like to me that's what's like to me there's something happened they probably got into an altercation i'll meet me you know meet me after school or meet me in the old gym oh i'm yeah i'm gonna whoop your ass oh no i'm gonna whoop your ass And then it probably from there turned into big brothers there, you know, maybe they started fighting him, but yeah, I would agree with you. I think they probably, um, whoever did this. And like I said, the bells have been cleared. Like they, 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 your house stuff was seized. They've been cleared of any, anything in this. Um, but a lot of people think that that's because their parent was an FBI agent and knew how to do all that stuff. I mean, I'm not saying it is or isn't, but I'm just saying it's very plausible to me to think that teenage boys they have all this bravado they want to think they're real tough and they want to be like you know yeah we're gonna we're gonna fight over this and then things can go wrong you know right um i completely agree uh in 2015 the johnsons filed over um, a hundred million dollar civil suit against 38 individuals um so i guess it was like three of johnson's classmates which i believe two of them were the brian and brandon bell um some unnamed local state federal officials, the school superintendent, a crime lab, the chief of police at the time, sheriff deputies, all this shit. Um, and apparently like it was found like to be, um, baseless. I don't think they got anything from that. Um, 
anyway, so then they um, filed a motion in 2015 um, to um, to like continue on looking and trying to find out like what happened. And on tw- uh, June 20th in 2016, the Department of Justice said they would not be filing any criminal charges related to KJ's death. Uh, they said they looked at everything. They could not find out. They could not um, find any evidence. They said insufficient evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that someone or some uh, someone or some group of people willingly violated his civil rights and committed um, any prosecutable crime. Um, and then, um, so I guess like maybe they kind of like closed it after that. Well, on March 10th, 2021, the case was officially reopened. Um, the Loudons County Sheriff Ashley Polk at the time said that she um, she wasn't saying there, there was anything wrong with the original investigation. Uh, she just wanted uh, like that. Um, she didn't even know that it was considered a homicide. They just wanted to like get more information about it. And then actually, it's kind of crazy because just recently, like within the last week, I think it's been like the last week, um, the uh, the Polk, the lady, um had decided uh that she she came out and um sorry i gotta find this now because i just accidentally clicked this thing um they called she came out and um said uh polk called the teenager's death a weird accident telling cnn there's nothing to substantiate a homicide nothing criminal happened here so that's like just like within the last thing and she actually went as far as to which i thought was interesting she like obviously she got a lot of backlash from that um releasing that you know um that there was no criminal thing happening and everything um so she said she said i'm trying to dispel any rumors and accusations i just want the truth that's all and she actually said she went um as far as to say that she had um she offers her out of her own money five hundred thousand dollars to anyone with um information about his death kind of like to show that she really does want the truth she just can't find any um any proof of anything but that if she's offering um, money of her own to anyone who has proof or anything like that and that was really recent that was like in the last like week so it would be really interesting to me if maybe somebody did come out and find you know and and they did find more information but as of right now they're saying uh Yeah, it's just like you would think if there's any kids who have heard anything, you would think, you know, they're a little older right. by now. Maybe they've got maybe a little smarter. Yeah, some student loans to pay off too. That five thousand. Right. Right. Maybe they're like thinking, oh, okay, that money doesn't sound half bad. So anyway, this is just a horrible situation. It doesn't matter yeah. if he if it well, was an accident or murder. Horrible. Regardless of whether it was an accident or if there was foul play involved, you can see that the police definitely didn't do the full extent of their job that they should be doing here. And I think it's because that it was a black kid that got, absolutely that that died, you know, like if it had been, if it had been, you know, like one of the pretty blonde cheerleaders or something, they would have, they would have torn everything apart trying to figure out what happened, you know, like, yep, Yep. um, absolutely. And 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 this is just something that we, we see this over and over again. It's like, um, when I did the, the disappearance and murder of uh savannah Graywin, the yes american girl they didn't yes. put enough work into they had hid her body in that in that um apartment for like three days and the police had searched it several times and they didn't yeah. find it and i'm yep, like absolutely. this is what happens when you don't do your job and you treat other people 
as not the same, you know, standing in society, mm-hmm. um, yep. then, then the truth, the truth doesn't come out because you're not doing your yeah. job. I mean, think about it. You've got, I mean, I, you know, not to get it like be all personal or whatever, but you know, I mean, my nephew is mixed and, and I've seen firsthand racism and I've seen a shit ton of things happen. And I've even had a police officer tell me and my nephew that like, Oh, you know, you're beefing with this kid, like no offense, but you know, good and well, everybody's going to take the white kids word over yours which is so, ridiculous, you know, kind of like, you know, you, you got to kind of just let it go because they're going to believe him over you in a hot second. Who do you think they're going to believe the, the black kid or the, the white little kid? Well, they're going to believe the white kid, you know? And unfortunately it's like, you got two of these kids. I mean, Brian, you know, this is actually crazy. And and like, I got to say this, like this Brian Bell kid, you know, if he didn't do it, man, you know, you got to feel off for the guy. I mean, he, he was really put through the ringer. He, um, he actually, like, he was a linebacker. He wanted to go, I guess he had gotten like a full ride to Florida state university. Well, enough people had like contacted Florida state university about how he was like, a, essentially a person of interest in this, um, in this murder, which I guess technically wasn't true. Really. He was more the person of interest in like cover something like a tampering, like witness tampering or something or evidence tampering. And, uh, so they were, you know, they kept contacting him when actually FSU withdrew his, um, his thing, his, uh, his award. And so it's like, on one hand, like if he did this, then like, that's phenomenal that that happened. But if he didn't, you know, that's horrible. Like this is some kid's life, you know, just like, just like Kendrick, you know, this is another kid's life, but you know, at the same time, you know, you just, I know how the world works and you look at these two blonde white boys and they're these football players and everybody loves them and they're going to college and he's going to FSU on a scholarship and all that shit. I know how things work. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, there's just a lot of, uh, injustice in this case. Like there's not Mm -hmm. any way you, any way you look at it, it's not like, it's just really sad that. Yeah. It is. And I just feel so bad for those parents. And I hope, you know, at least now maybe with that, uh, reward money, someone will come out and say, you know, have something about it, you know? Yeah. That would be really nice. Because regardless of what happened, whether it was an accident, whether it was, you know, whether there was foul play involved, Mm -hmm. you you just feel like we don't know the whole truth. Right. And we might never know the whole truth. You know, like I said before, you know, I've, you know, helped raise a nephew. I've, you know, I have teenage boys in my class all the time that are, you know, middle school age. Um, there's nothing to say. They, they, they could have very well, you know, if things hadn't happened the way that they happened, they could have very well been like, oh yeah, we're going to fight. And then five minutes later, been in the cafeteria having fries. Right. And the thing you is, know, too, is if it like, was, if it was an accident and yeah. someone knew that he got left in there, you could have called the police and yes. they could have probably, revived him you know yeah it's like it feels you know, it just feels really malicious to just leave him yes. there agreed and it's like he does uh, it's like man you know if this was even if this was an accident you know you putting him in there whether he was alive or dead you know even if it was an accident you you, you didn't you you did the wrong thing you let him die right. yeah you know, and I mean, I get it. Cause like, yeah, you know, I know things happen all the time. People are like, do something and somebody dies and they're like, it was an accident, but I didn't know what to do. I freaked out. I mean, I get that. But at the same time, you know, that's somebody's life. Right. 
but anyway, so it's really sad, but I really hope the family can find closure someday. Um, and I feel for them. I mean, they definitely, you know, are just continuing to fight. They, they feel in their gut. They know, they know something happened wrong here. I mean, I think the tapes, the fact that how big the, the hole is, how big the diameter of the hole is from the mats, all that stuff. I, to me, I think there definitely was foul play. He did not fall in there. I don't, I don't believe yeah, it. I just it, it he did. It's a, it's a real stretch of the imagination to imagine that like that he climbed in there and like, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Own. So I definitely think that someone else was involved or knows what happened. Yeah. Um, and too, I mean, the story of the girl saying, oh, they were at a party and get her. I mean, loose lips sink ships. Right. And kids, adults are like this too, but kids, especially they will tell you all the freaking business, you know, yeah. they really will. And, I, and I'm not talking about kids that I, you know, you don't even, they're not even drunk. They're just like wanting to tell you the business because they want to get it off their chest. Right. So you did something like that and you know, you have to live with that guilt and you get at a party and you start drinking and you know, yeah. Loose ships, loose ships, sink ships, loose ships, sink ships. You yeah. First. So there you go. You said, anyway that's the story you said, ship sink ships is what, wait, what did i say i'm so drunk right now <laughs> no i um i don't even know i'm on my i'm on my snow day high i'm so happy i'm not high i want to make that clear <laughs> i'm just on my snow day high <laughs> um but yeah so i you know i think about kendrick's family i really do i feel i feel really bad for them and i really hope that maybe that they can get some closure with this uh with this new, um, offer of money, maybe they can find some information they didn't know before. I mean, shit, all it would take would be like one kid to, with a guilty conscience to kind of right. like come forward and be like, okay, you know, it's been this amount of years and I have to be, you know, I'm this guilt eating me up, but yeah, who knows if that'll ever happen. Do the right thing. Come forward, you know? Right. 911. What's the nature of your emergency? Your world can change in the blink of an eye. He walked into the bedroom and you know that she had been murdered. So he's running up and down, screaming, Oh my God, someone called 911. There are two men killing a girl. I know my son, and he would not go that long without saying anything to anyone. Safety can be an illusion and reality a nightmare. So how do you steal a person, a grown person? Unspeakable crimes can penetrate any small town, big family, pretty face, or innocent child. And in the wake of a loved one's murder or disappearance, there is nothing more cruel or desperate as silence. Why won't people talk about it? That's another thing. People don't want to talk about it around here. For the families of the missing and murdered, they gambled with their sanity as they lose hope in closure and settle for justice. That's where the cold case playing cards come in. In each episode of the Dealing Justice podcast, your hosts Jennifer Dubasek and Lori Jennings will spotlight one card from the cold case playing card deck. Hear the victim's story from the friends and family who knew them best. Her mom will never stop fighting until she finds out what happens to her daughter. Learn about the crime and help close the case. Welcome to season two. We're not just playing cards, we're dealing justice. Well, I have another, uh, mine won't be as long as yours, so. No, that was lengthy. <laughs> that was very, yeah, that was lengthy. I was like, that was very lengthy. I didn't mean to say it. Like <laughs> um, I, I have, uh, it's a true crime story to talk about too, um, but 
I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of just like the whole thing first because I'm the the victims I have today are two black trans women and so I wanted to talk about kind of like the epidemic of violence against trans people and especially black and brown trans people because it is um it's really crazy how much there's been in the past few years like so I looked up from the the human rights campaign had stuff on their website and so they released a report um last year or this year's report uh on 2021 it's an epidemic of violence fatal violence against transgender and gender non-conforming people in the united states and they found that um since the start of the year there had been at least 46 and then as of the time i was reading it it said 47 now 47 transgender and gender non-conforming people have been killed in the united states um and they always say at least because some of these don't get reported Right. Uh, right. So of those 46 victims at the time of the report, 29 were black. Wow. Eight were uh, Latinx. Is that how you, how you pronounce that when it has got the X at the end? Anyway, I think so. Um, so and since January 2013, the human rights campaign documented more than 250 transgender and gender nonconforming people who were victims of fatal violence. Oh Two thirds of these have been black women. And nearly 60% of the fatalities involved a firearm. Oh. So um, this fatal violence affects trans and gender non-conforming people nationwide. And um, they've been tracking cases of this since 2013 across 113 cities and towns in 33 states, the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico. So wow. these, these disturbing numbers uh, likely are underreport the deadly violence um, because some people are not properly identified as trans right? Um, and by, you know, police media or other sources. And as I said before, some of it just is that goes unreported because, you know, it just seems like people don't care. Uh, <sighs> right. Maddening. Um, but so I'm talking about just two of those victims today. We don't have obviously time to go over, you know, all of them. But these were actually from the same city. So I'm going to be talking today about uh, the murders of Jada Peterson and Remy Fennell. And they were both uh, residents of Charlotte, North Carolina, which I've been to Charlotte, North Carolina before. I have friends who live in Charlotte. And it's like, um, it's a really, it's a nice town. And when I had been there, it just, it you don't, it's not a huge city, but it is like one of the bigger cities in North Carolina. Um, and actually, these happened within two weeks of each other and their murders led the police to believe that they might have like a serial killer who was targeting trans women in the area before they, but they actually, they did catch suspects, which I'll talk about at the end. But like, so this was my other thing about this is typically when you are doing a true crime story, you are able to go over the details of like the person's day and the events leading up to what happened to them as well as like the fallout afterwards and the suspects and these people said this and these people said that and there here there's just not a lot of detail um because like i said one it, it is kind of an epidemic of violence against trans people and two because it just seems that you know the media doesn't report on it as much right um and not only were jada and remy both black trans women they were also involved in sex work. So, you know, okay. it's that whole cliche of like, if you, murderers often will target sex workers, 
right because they are the people who are like lowest on society's totem pole yep and police aren't going to work that hard because remember we sorry to interrupt no go ahead no i was just saying remember we were watching that thing about sam little and he was saying like that's who that is 100 who he would target you know women of color sex workers uh because they were the lowest on the totem pole for any for police to care yeah and that's exactly a lot of serial killers um will target sex workers because they think in rightly so that people aren't going to care about them exactly like the evidence is showing that they're absolutely right yeah so just yeah it's and the society is keeps proving them right over and over again which like we need to do better we need to care more about people like there's still people it doesn't matter what line of work you're in it doesn't matter what pronouns you use these people are still people right like who yeah it's like how how is it okay that people i don't know it's people are fucked up yeah it just it, it makes me really mad but <laughs> so, uh before before i get into um the suspects who were charged and everything that goes with that i wanted to talk a little bit as much as i could find which i looked up so many articles just to find some information about these women um you know, just to, to find some, some information to talk about them as people, you know, that they're not just, you know, they're not just a victim of, of somebody. So Jada Peterson, 29, uh, she was only 29, a valued member of the black trans community in Charlotte. She was also, um, apparently close with her mother, Mary, who had several quotes in these different articles that I had seen. Uh, she was just basically, she vowed to get justice for her baby. She's like, it doesn't, really matter you're still taking you know someone away you know like Mm -hmm. she was like they didn't have to kill my baby is basically one of the quotes that i saw and she it was really sad too because she had lost her son in 2016 so here you do you never think of a parent having to bury their kids like we hate you know you hate to see that because it's like that's not how it's supposed to go you know you're supposed to outlive children and she had lost already a son and then she lost her daughter so, but um, Jada Peterson was born December 7th, 1991 in Florence, South Carolina. Um, she went to Hartsville High School and McBee High School and was a longtime member of Mount Pisgah Presbyterian Church, according to the obituary. Um, and then uh, another friend had said, quote, Jada had her fears about society and what society could do. But one thing is Jada, Jada trusted in the Lord and all that she did. um she was 17 when she came out to her best friend Tawanda Barnett and said that she knew before Jada even told her like she had already known right Um, and then Barnett remembers Peterson as someone who always had a smile on her face and someone who was always cracking jokes so she actually had this like found family there in Charlotte um with a lot of the other like black trans women in the area they had to like kind of all um became a family together and they called themselves a sisterhood mm. and so uh there was like a mother hand of the family who went by peacock and uh said quote these are jada's sisters um it's a sisterhood that can never be broken not even in death and so that they held a vigil for her on april 9th oh. um which was shortly after her death uh, which was did i don't know if i put in there that it might actually be further down oh yeah yeah because she was killed on easter sunday which is like oh i don't know why that just makes it worse especially because she was religious yeah so it just like it feels really horrible 
But then, um, and then the other victim, Remy Fennell, was 28 and a hairstylist who was new to the Charlotte area. She had been from uh, Virginia. So she was born September 19th, 1992 in Newport News, Virginia. The eldest child born to Michelle Creedle and Roland Fennell. And then she attended the Virginia School of Hair Design in 2017 mm. and applied for a city license to operate uh, Boss Cre- Creations, which I guess was her own company. But she also worked in several salons throughout the Hampton Roads area and traveled up and down the East Coast to compete in hair shows. And she was hoping wow. to build, um, build up her clientele and open her own salon. So according to her aunt, she was, quote, a vibrant young transgender woman who was just trying to make it and was doing it. She started her own business, graduated for cos- from cosmetology school, uh, and left her mark on the hair industry. She, her aunt also said, don't be ashamed of a family member or friend just because they identify themselves differently. Just hold them and tell them it's okay. Oh, which, you know, is a really great attitude for family to have. Yeah. Unfortunately, and, and you kind of wish more people would right like that, you know? <laughs> um, but she was well-loved in her Virginia community prior to moving to Charlotte, but she was moving there for, you know, work to style hair. But I guess, you know, as it goes with, with these things, sometimes you don't make as much money as you want right. to as an operation. So they did also both allegedly find themselves involved in sex work. And we, right. the police think that's part of why they were targeted. Um, so Jada Peterson was murdered April 4th, 2021 on Easter Sunday. She was found fatally shot at the Quality Inn Hotel on Queen City Drive in West Charlotte. And then not even two weeks later, Remy Fennell was found shot to death on April 15th at the Sleep Inn on North Tryon Street, which is also in Charlotte. Um, and it, it was like the community, the community was kind of rocked by these similar deaths. They were so close to each other. Um, like they were both black trans women. They were both involved in sex work and it, you know, happened so close together. So they were like, is there a, a serial killer on the loose? Basically they were telling the um the black trans community to be careful and they have the um here is a quote from tori cooper director of the community engagement for the human rights campaign transgender justice initiative said in a statement quote the loss of two black transgender women in the last two weeks in the same city is devastating it's never been more important for everyone from community members to those at all levels of government to speak out affirm that black trans lives matter and take action to bring this violence to an end end quote oh that's heartbreaking yeah so the charlotte mecklenburg police said at a news conference um that the circumstances of the second killing were sufficient enough to start raising concerns immediately um according to lieutenant brian crom and he said, as we continued pressing through the day, gathering evidence and receiving information, we realized there was more and more similarities connecting the two. Oh, that's not good. Right. So, but supposedly the CMPD got lucky because just a day later, uh, after Remy Fennell's murder, they were able to apprehend two suspects, Dontarius Long. Oh, really? Yeah, Dontarius Long, 22, and Joel Brewer, 33. Um, <laughs> did you hear that? Mm-mm. Oh, Ollie was <laughs> making this weird noise. Okay. So I, it seemed, I couldn't find a ton of information, but I, it seemed like they almost were maybe having some kind of shootout with these guys. I don't quote me on that because I was trying to figure out what happened, but all it said that they were, were apprehended in the morning. So um, they, 
they caught these two guys and Brewer was charged with two counts of murder, two counts of possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, robbery and a dangerous weapon and conspiracy to commit robbery with a dangerous weapon. So maybe there was a robbery in progress and that's how they caught him. Um, and then Long was charged with murder, robbery with a dangerous weapon and conspiracy to commit robbery with a dangerous weapon. So at the time of the arrest, the, they said they were still kind of investigating the motive behind the murders and were working with the FBI to determine if hate crime charges should be filed. Um, and I couldn't find an update on this, but I really do hope that they that they filed hate crime charges because it right. Why else would you? There's nothing else that these two people have in common, you know, like. And it's it's so common for people to get attacked just because they're transgender these days. And so then you have people who are not only trans, but they're also black. And it's just like it, it just affects them disproportionately. And it, I, we have to do something about it, you know, like um, so they said they didn't reveal a motive. But I, I put in parentheses, but really, we can guess. Right. Exactly. Come on. And then another quote from the lieutenant was, as far as what motives are, certainly there's concerning similarities between the two, but we're really still at a position where we're trying to understand the who, and now we're very slowly breaking it down to understand the why, which just sounds like this diplomatic bullshit that a police officer would right. say, you know, not not revealing a whole lot. Um, but he did, then this quote to me is a little suspicious. He said, I can tell you that our investigation has advanced to the point where I feel confident in telling you that there is no one else at large who was a part of this. These two individuals and these two individuals alone are responsible for Jada and Remy's murder. So just the speed with which they found these guys and and that kind of that quote and the fact that these guys also had a rap sheet beforehand um, right. makes me wonder if they have the right people, but or they were just easy targets. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to like you know put that in, like say you know oh they didn't because it it's kind of it'd be nice to end the story with yes the killers were caught and brought to justice, but also it makes me wonder you know right. So as it stands right now, since this happened so recently, like it would, this was just last year. Um, there's not a lot of more information. So it's kind of, yeah, they, they caught suspects. They're pretty confident that they killed them. Um, it doesn't seem that there's been any more killings that would say uh, someone's still on the loose. So hopefully good, these are least. the right people, but it's just like, you know, it's, it, there's still, there's still not enough coverage with this. Like I couldn't, find a ton of information when i go to find like a normal true crime story so right like you know a white person right exactly and so um like i found a ton of articles but they're all saying the same thing and they're not very long you know anyway um and kind of just like to add insult to injury as part of this um at least jada was misnamed and misgendered in some media and police reports um, I'm not sure about if Remy was too, but it seems likely that it also happened. And um, anti-transgender stigma is usually, it, it, you know, it's a problem and it can be exacerbated by this disrespectful treatment in the media and by law right. enforcement, um, you know, using their dead names or not referring to them by the correct pronouns. And according to the Human Rights Council research, it is estimated that approximately uh, three quarters of all known victims were misgendered by the media and or law enforcement. Wow. 
And in pursuit of greater accuracy and respect, the Human Rights Council offers guidelines for journalists and others who report on transgender people. Um, so they even have like an FAQ and everything. But also I wanted wow. to read a little bit about the, I got this also from the Human Rights Campaign. It says at the state level, transgender and gender non-conforming people in North Carolina are not explicitly protected from discrimination in employment, housing, education, and public spaces. North Carolina also does not have a law that expressly addresses hate crime or hate or bias crimes based on sexual orientation and gender identity. And in 2016, um, North Carolina was the one that passed that uh, bathroom bill. Yeah. About the, you know, which is just oh, like, yeah, like who cares? You're, you go in there to pee. It's not like a big deal. How about you worry about the creepy ass uncle that's going to molest your kid? It's not going right. to be a transgender it's not person gonna, trying to go to the fucking right. bathroom. It's just like people are trying to use the bathroom that makes them comfortable. They're not out to get you. Like it's ridiculous. I know someone who is a, in that type of field and it is very, very, very rare that somebody you do not know would be the one that would, you know, abuse your child it is right. the people you it, know. it's usually someone that you know this is just it's what it is is fear-mongering because of course people, it is of course know. it is but anyway um where where was i in this thing it said uh this year anti-lgbtq legislators have introduced an additional anti-trans legislation including bills that would ban transgender affirming care for anyone under 21 and require state employees to out trans and queer young people to their parents and a measure that would ban transgender youth from participating in sports matching. What the fuck? So it, it this was all from, I took all from the human rights campaign, which is hrc.org, which I encourage anyone to go visit and find out more information. They have information and resources, not just for um, like transgender people, but they really work with, you know, everything. It's the human rights campaign. They're trying to make sure that there's equality and justice for everyone. Um, yeah, so North Carolina is one of those states that is particularly bad for trans people. And it just, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about this to talk about, you know, these two people whose lives were cut short um, too soon just for being, you know, Black trans women. Um, and it's that it's really is a problem in this country too that there's so much anti trans violence. Um, but yeah, and especially among the Black trans community. Wow. Yeah, so that's, it's so sad. It is. And it, it's really sad. And it's just like kind of and it's not needed awareness about this. Yeah, it's not, it's not needed. It's just it's as stupid as we think it is sometimes for people to be prejudiced for skin tone. It it's just feels stupid to be like, who cares? what pronouns you want to use you know like how right. you want to dress who you want why is that anyone else's concern? why is it anyone's business like just mind your own business like what is what does it matter what does it, yeah what does it matter to They're you not hurting you if, if you're if what you're doing is safe sane and consensual you're not hurting anybody then what does it matter to anyone else why you do it people always just be sticking their nose in something that doesn't have anything to do with them right All up in the kool-aid don't know the flavor Dibnin and Dabnin don't know what's happening. <laughs> Those are the two I have off the top of my head. People are the worst. People are the worst. But anyway, ugh, I just next week hug, I have all the animals. Next week I have um something a little. I've got a little more of like a creepy ghost story. 
So ooh, we'll I mean, to- not ooh, yeah. but excitement, but ooh, excitement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, well, I'll be dipping back into the paranormal next week, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about that a little first. And like, I knew you were wanting to talk about the Kendrick Johnson case. So, yeah. Um, hopefully we did an okay job reporting. Right. Definitely. Like, you know, let us know if, you know what, definitely let us know if there's a story that you would like us to cover. I have not chosen a topic for next week. Well, and I can always, I can always change mine too, but if you have, yeah, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, if you have any stories you want to share with us, we can read them on the air. Um, or if you want to have a topic you want to see covered, send us an email and, uh, yes. where should they send that email, Leanne? You're going to want to send that email to booze and ghouls pod at gmail.com. That's booze a n d ghouls at gmail.com pod pod. pod sorry. <laughs> a n d ghouls pod at gmail.com you can also find us on twitter at booze and ghouls or on tiktok and instagram at booze and ghouls pod um uh, don't forget to rate and review us on itunes yep rate and review we'd love to hear from you a nice five-star review sometimes we read them on air definitely and like you know reach out send us an email or just tag us in something cool yeah and I guess that's it for this week. I mean, I think you're right. Um, until next time. Stay boozy, friends. <laughs>